Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, another episode of Yolitics here. We appreciate you listening as always. And Jason, I'm excited for two reasons today. What are those two reasons? I'll let you guess. Uh, well, three, because I have a new beer as well, too. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm excited about first, that. the topic... Well, the, the topic is, I love this topic. Yes. And I'm sure I'll get some mail or some tweets and people will say I'm off base. But I, I love this topic and it's kind of a follow-up to our last episode. But we got some mail the other day and we got all the feedback that you guys uh, gave us in the survey. Yeah, thanks. That we asked you to take. A big thanks, by the way, to everybody who participated in that. It's nice to have it be two-way, you know what I mean? Like... You know, we put these things out and you don't know quite where it lands or what people think or what they'd like to hear instead. And it's always good to get that feedback. Yeah, but I do have one problem with uh, our listeners. I bet you do. Um, yeah, I, one thing just, it's been rubbing me wrong all weekend since I, since I got it. I know this. what it is. <laughs> one of the questions was uh, who <laughs> who has better taste in beer? Yeah. And, and while who won that again? Wait, wait, who won it again? I don't want to yeah, hear about well, the undecideds. Who won? Yeah, the majority can't decide. Three out of four can't decide. <laughs> but people chose Wheeler, 14%. To me, 10%. Uh, you know, seriously, again, thanks to everybody who, who, who signed off and let us know what you think there, especially for that 14% uh, who decided that my beer tastes is way better. Uh, and, and I'm going to hit you with a doozy today, by the way. Uh, but, yeah. I, but I also want to say that we loved some of the suggestions uh, from, from people who answered. And we're going to uh, you know, work on opening it up to where we maybe have a call-in line every now and then where you can leave some messages about some of these things and where you can email us. Uh, because some of the topics that you all come up with are way better than the ones that we can come up with. So, And maybe you can email some suggestions for Whiteley's beers, too, to see if we can up his game a little bit. Evidently, I need something here, too. Uh, we, we have a, a person listening from Germany. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the connection. The person said they're listening from Germany. Um, others asking for more content. Again, you don't. our listeners don't know this about you, but you can only work like, what, four hours a day? Yeah. They don't realize that you don't you know, work as much as everyone I'm like else, a really so. bad laptop battery. I just start shutting down real fast after yeah, that. Yeah, while we'd love to do more content, Wheeler's got about three and a half to four hours in him a day. Only so good uh, for so and, long. And he maxes out. Yeah. And, and we have someone saying, too, that they, they uh, strangely like the sound of beer cans opening. That's interesting. So I, I didn't open mine today because of that. Usually I well I, I didn't either. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to save mine for this listener, and and I hope this this uh, this person's listening right now too. Well, let's hear it. What's it? Oh, the, go ahead. Well, one other thing that I was I was going to mention too is, um, uh, the one person said drink St. Arnold. So hmm. here we go. Ah, there it is. I just got all over my laptop, but um, <laughs> it's the St. Arnold's uh, summer pills. I love that pilsner. All right. Well, you, so of course I know there's only ten percent of the people who like this beer choice, right? Probably, but uh, you know, your hey. your feedback matters. You you were able to change Jason Whiteley and make him have a better choice here. Uh, here I'm going to open mine as well, since somebody likes that out there. What do they call that when people listen to sounds on the internet? Like they'll sit there and watch a whole YouTube video of people chewing and stuff like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've never Taylor, heard of that. Taylor, what do you know you what that's about? called? It has a name. It's a whole phenomenon. Like people go to sleep with the sounds of like people talking like this or chewing. Are you kidding me? Oh no, this is a real thing. 
Yeah. I wear earplugs at night, man, because I want to shut everything down. I'm going to have to find out what the name of that is, but it's 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 it's, it's a whole movement. It's a whole phenomenon. What, what are you drinking uh, today? This is from, I've never heard of this. This is from the Martin House Brewing Company in Fort Worth. It's called, there it is. It's got a cool looking can, real retro looking, and it's oh, called nice. Miss Marmalade Fruity Sour Ale with Lactose and Citrus. Doesn't that sound crazy? Fourteen percent of the people like this. This is, this is phenomenal. Well, my numbers may go down with the title like that, but I, I, you know, maybe they'll go up. The reason I picked this one today is because it just sounds crazy and out there, but possibly very good. And I think that some people might think that about the topic that we're doing today too. It sounds crazy. It sounds out there because it's so different than what we're used to. But then again, it might also be really good. So good segue. That was that was smooth. You're always the smoothest guy. Oh, we got. How, the uh, people smooth? loved my segues too, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did rate you really high. And your segues in your hair. Wow, they're not kidding about the sour in this sour ale. That is, it's like eating a sour apple. I I know we had one respondent say enough about the beer. Let's get to the topics. But this is the last thing on the beer. I I don't I don't get the whole sour beer craze and the pickle beer craze. I've had them and I'm like, I, yeah, it just. I don't know. I, people like. I that. only have a few drinks of these, so I, I can stomach this. Um, let, let's dive into the topic so we don't upset. Um, you may have already. Our, our, you may have already. Our, I probably have. We, we probably went too long on this. Uh, the, the whole beer. So we need to do just like a go to a brewery sometime. I, like I agree. Pre-pandemic. I agree. And uh, and get back into it. But anyways, let's talk about that. Um, the topic today, because I said I was excited about the topic. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about the feedback, about the uh, St. Arnold's beer, and about this topic, because this this really follows up what we did last episode, talking about ways to lower your property appraisals, which in turn will lower your property taxes. But what if Texas just completely got rid of property taxes? Mm -hmm. A lot of people... Sounds crazy. uh, Well, a lot of people love this idea, because if you think about it, um, let's say you go to the store and you buy something, and there is a sales tax on that. But that sales tax does not go up year after year after year after year till you know you're paying a 60% sales tax. It's capped at 8.25% and it doesn't go higher than that. A lot of people go, well, why is the most expensive thing I'm ever going to buy in my life, my house, why isn't the tax on that capped? Every single year, my value can go up and therefore my taxes can go up. And even after I pay this thing off, I'm still paying through the nose. Maybe I'm even paying more than I you know, was paying monthly for the original house when it's all said and done. Why haven't we been able to control this? And so there's one representative who wants to just blow up the whole system, get rid of property taxes in Texas, which would be an extraordinary thing in this country uh, as a state to get rid of the whole property tax system. Uh, and he's serious about this. He, he is. He's a Republican. He's from East Texas. His name is uh, James White. I think we've had James on the program before. Uh, Representative mm-hmm. White, he chairs the, uh, uh, the what does he chair? The House, uh, Texas House. Uh, criminal Justice. Criminal Committee. Justice. Criminal yeah. Justice is, is what it is. I always get those confused criminal jurisprudence and all that stuff. But but James has a, uh, I call him James, like we're first name basis here. <laughs> Representative White, uh, Chairman White, has a has a bill in the legislature right now. He's on the line with us here too. And this bill is 3770. And uh, we, we want to know just bottom line here, Representative White, what does your bill propose? Well, it, it's a uh, opportunity for us. And first, thank you for having me on. Uh, we love the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, we definitely love, uh, we're, we're, we're more in love with Pope Tyler Jasper Newton Hart. 
<laughs> but uh, thanks for having us on again. It's been a while. House Bill 3770, it's a recognition that we need to do something different. Um, you know, we don't use our property like we probably used it 150 years ago when we were going growing corn or cotton. We're not really making any revenue um, uh, income from our property, so to speak. And, and the way that we are funding our local governments um, and, um, you know, we have this very awkward state property tax code, we need a 21st century system. And I think a, a flat consumption tax um, that's fair to everyone, that's transparent, that not only supplies the revenue for um, our local school districts and their maintenance and operation. Actually, the bill didn't intend to really deal with other local entities other than schools, okay? Mm -hmm. But uh, deal with the maintenance and operation while at the same time uh, eliminating, um, you know, several dozens of, of taxes and fees, most notably the franchise tax. Uh, I thought Republicans were still for getting rid of that. Uh, I, I'm a Republican and I'm for getting rid of it. So it, it's a thought of having a simpler, flatter, more transparent tax code. When people hear consumption tax, Representative White, I think that they might think sales tax. How is the? How does this differ from a sales tax yes. as a product well, makes it, its it, way? Yes, good. That's a good point. And we are for um, buying down at least the maintenance operation uh, school tax with a a sales tax as well. But to your point, uh, Mr. Wheeler, um, this tends to assess a a, a, a sales tax at every point of, say, production, of, you know, every point of production, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and so, again, it's, it's transparent, you pay it once, it's over, and we believe it will provide the funds for our maintenance and operation of our schools, uh, and we ensure that the money is coming through our state formula, which we revised in the 2019 session, thereby making sure that when we fund our schools, it's being done equitably and efficiently. And just a reminder to our listeners that the school taxes are make up about half of the property taxes you pay. So if you write your check at the end of the year like I do, and that's why this issue just gets under my skin so much, um, you may realize that, but if you escrow your taxes, you might not realize that. You, you mentioned a moment ago, uh, Mr. Chairman, about um, making sure it's fair. And th that's that's been tough because opponents say that, you know, this shifting from a property tax to a consumption tax would shift the burden over to the poor since they are the ones who have to spend their income on, on you know, a, a lot of goods, housing, uh, you know, food, etc., how do you make sure it's fair and that they aren't overburdened on that end of the spectrum? Well, you know, Jason, I hear that argument. Uh, for the most part, every tax is regressive, right? Uh, you show up with a dollar and after you pay the tax, you have less than a dollar. That's regressive, right? Uh, but um, when I look at my district, uh, a lot of good, hardworking families um, may rent or lease a home 
or a place to live, well, guess what? That property tax is embedded into that rent or lease payment, okay? Um, it's, you know, how much you tax is very much an issue, but how you tax as well. So when you look at the, what I'm told by constituents and what I see, the level of bureaucracy created by the state and the, and the collection and the, and the figuring out of and assessing of these property taxes, a lot of this, most of it, all of it is state statute driven okay and we're talking about your appraisals we're talking about all these forms you gotta find i fill out we, we're, we're talking about all these meetings you have to go to the, the protest all of that is bureaucracy and all of that comes with if not a financial cost definitely an economic cost okay so there's a cost involved so you have to factor all of that in as well and and so how you tax making sure that the tax administration is efficient, okay? Efficiency is fair as well. So again, I, I think you're, I think if you're leasing or renting, uh, that property tax is accounted for in your mm -hmm. lease payment. Yeah. Which is uh, one of the things that drives that lease or rent payment higher uh, every time you renew. Uh, I want to ask you, so so basically this is a sales tax that gets passed on every step of the way, every time a product changes hands. So yeah. somebody produces it, they give it to a packager. The packager pays a little bit of sales tax. The packager sends it to a distributor, they pay a little bit of sales tax. The distributor sends it to the store, you buy it, you pay a little bit of sales tax. And so that's how the money uh, is grabbed all along the way. Do you worry, though, about downturns in the economy. I mean, we've seen with the sales tax that it got hammered last year during the pandemic. Wouldn't the same thing happen uh, all the way down the line with a consumption tax? Well, look, uh, obviously and hopefully the COVID-19 pandemic was a black swan event that we uh, probably shouldn't see um, in another century. Uh, I don't plan to be here when that happens. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yes, that 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 is a concern, um, a Wheeler. But um, every year now, this is what I do know. Every year now, people are being hammered, or the hammering starts when they get these appraisal notices. Okay, and and the idea is that um, sales, yeah, the sales tax did take a dip. Okay, but it has recovered as well. Okay, and it is one tax that is pretty much tracking with population growth and, and, and growth in the economy. And I think that would be more of a surety for elected officials to ensure that economy remains strong and vibrant. Uh, so maybe uh, there will be second thoughts about, you know, shutting down the entire economy uh, mm. uh, due to certain events because you'll have to factor in these these other things here. So, look, you're going to get ha look like you're going to get hammered either way. Right. So um, someone who's paid off their home, probably uh, they probably should be able to live in their home without having to pay for it again and again and again every year. Yeah. Representative. Governor Abbott, almost two years ago to the date, tweeted out that property tax itself is unfair. Any amount, what it boils down to, the governor said, 
is that the government owns it, not you, period. And that's why he says that he's trying to shift from a property tax system to a consumption tax system so you control what you pay. We heard uh, former Governor Rick Perry, former Governor George W. Bush, they were all talking about the same stuff. So that, that leads us to today and House Bill 3770. It was referred to committee and sitting there. Why, why in the world doesn't anyone want to touch this politically? Well, and it, well, I've got some, I've got some, um, some theories out there, and um, I was in the room uh, with the governor uh, and, and other and other members of the legislature uh, when we were looking at starting that buy down of the of the maintenance and operation uh, assessment of your school taxes, right? By incrementally started start raising the sales tax and or broadening the base of the sales tax right and um then some of the points that you guys have brought up start to come up you know uh the regressiveness of the sales tax um you know who it tends to probably impact more what demographics uh, economic demographics it tends to impact uh, all those things um uh, come up and then maybe uh, some of the uh, pejorative uh, commentary that, well, you're raising a tax, even though you're swapping out a tax. You know, um, I think people are sick and tired of being sick and tired of just hearing about um, the problem and hearing people campaign on it. And we need to get off. We need to get on with it. And I can confidently say this because I had a very, very, um, very, very come to Jesus moment with a constituent of mine about this uh, this morning. And it um, urged me to do something. And I went and talked to the speaker and I said, look, I know that we may have at least one special session coming up um, later on this year or you know, sometime this summer because we have to deal with redistricting and maybe some other things, maybe even some things with our grid, right? And I just told the speaker, uh, we need to do something on property taxes. I don't know if it means going into our rainy day fund and and adding more money to uh, buy down the compress the maintenance and operation school tax. Um, I don't know if it means going in and doing something on the appraisal growth. I told them we need to do that. Also, uh, the day I, uh, the day is Friday. Uh, I know you may show this later, but. Um, the, the, the individual, the, 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 the staffer in the governor's office that I talk to a lot about policy, I, I just said, look, I'm, I'm coming to you. I, I think we need to do something. And I'm going to do the same thing with the lieutenant governor or someone close to him. I think we need to do something now. And what did they say back to you? Well, they're going to take it back. Well, when I talked to the speaker, he says, obviously, he is a voting member in the legis in the legislature i mean he is a state rep he's just south of me and he's hearing it and i'm hearing it and i think every member of the legislature is hearing it um but something like this was proposed before and it didn't happen do, yes. do you think it has more of a chance now for some reason I think it needs to happen i think it should and uh and, and i think next week when i talk to the speaker again i mean i've seen a few situations over the past a uh, few days where we have suspended our rules to allow other house bills to be to get their first reading and get to committee i think we need to do something this summer because people have been you know talking about being hammered people have been hammered 
over the last 13 months with COVID-19. And this is this black swan event called COVID-19. No one brought this on. The legislature didn't bring it on, obviously. Our taxpayers didn't bring it on. We need to breathe. Okay, we need to breathe. Our constituents need to breathe. I had a constituent call me. He actually, on one of his properties here in the state of Texas, not necessarily my district, but he lives in my district. He's a voting person in my district. 1,573% increase in appraised value. Whoa. Ouch. Wow. I'm guessing he doesn't have a homestead exemption or that's a rental house or something. That is crazy. Right. Right. So... Look, we need to, you know, we need to do something. We, we need to address this. Um, and I, I don't think we can go another session of just talking about it and, and having interim studies. I think we have some tools at our disposal right now. Um, I was in that room when the governor talked about that two cent increase. And in the sales tax, right? Sales tax and dedicating it to further buying down, which would have been about an extra, I think, 40 to 50 cents. Uh, definitely getting your uh, maintenance and operation part of the school tax under a dollar, okay? And it would give us an opportunity to really see if this would work, right? Yeah. Okay, and and I think in 2017, I filed a similar bill in a, in, in, in a special session. So mm -hmm. we, we need to, we, we've got to address this. We just can't continue this this trajectory. I, I did some research on this, and, and turns out, you guys probably knew this, uh, property taxes have been around for 6,000 years. 6,000 years. But one way they used to do it back in, in ancient, uh, what is now Iraq, um, they used to do it kind of the way Boston evidently does it now. And instead of reappraising property, every piece of property, every parcel, every year, they would focus in on certain areas like retail and industrial one year, apartments and multifamily one year, uh, and then residential, et cetera. And that allows for a more, a more thorough review uh, is what uh, some economists say. But I, I'm curious, you know, why couldn't something like that be looked at to, to at least spread the burden out over a few years instead of these every single years, these massive increases like your constituents, 1,500% increases, unbelievable. Right, right. Well, we that, that is something to look at. Um, you know, appraisals are, are, are supposed to be a, a measurement of the market conditions, right? And market conditions are what they are. Um, but as someone says, but my house isn't up for sale. My house isn't for sale. <laughs> okay. That's me. <laughs> for sale. Okay. Uh, when it's for sale, I'll do the appraisal and we'll get after it. So, there are government services that people, there are core government services that people expect, those core constitutional government services. We need to be able to fund them, but we need to fund them in an efficient, transparent manner. And then it, it needs to be a situation where it's broad based and not just focused on a narrow set of taxpayers, right? Okay. And, and, and so, um, so look, I think every tax is regressive. Okay, all right, and and so um, again, I, I I need to visit the lieutenant governor's office as well. But I, I think we need to do something going into. I mean, I don't even think we can wait later on this year. Hmm. Okay, uh, we we need to address uh, this because because just think about what happens 
psychologically, Jason. And, and I've, I've, I'm talking to small business owners. You, you know, you want to hire more folks. You want to make more capital capital investments to uh, attract more customers, and and then again, hire more employees. You want to provide health insurance for your employees, but when you get this appraisal notice on your commercial property, you know, there's no business certainty there. How are you going to hire more people? How are you going to make capital investments when, when, you, when, when really your business model is in suspension until the appraisal office is able to close its books and the local entities can set their tax rate? That is true. It's it's a dreadful time of year for uh, a lot of property owners, including uh, business uh, owners. Uh, you know, for a skeptic out there who would say there's no way you'll be able to eliminate property taxes in Texas, though, they'd be wrong, wouldn't they? I mean, hasn't this no, happened they, before? They would, they would be wrong. Uh, Texas has a history of eliminating property taxes. At one time, we had a state property tax and it took us a while. There was a constitutional minute, amendment. That, that, that set a date certain in 10 years and we figured it out, hmm. okay? So uh, we have a history of getting rid of the state property tax. I mean, get, getting rid of a property tax assessment. So I know the state can do this and look, we're still here. Uh, some say bigger and better, but we can be even bigger and better, okay? Uh, and, and But you no, know, what we're seeing is um, we are seeing the market conditions where more people are coming to Texas. And obviously we know that real estate can be a finite resource or product. So that tends to bid up those, those prices, right? So we understand that, okay? But we, we, we've got to think about real people who write real checks at the dinner table. Um, and who have to pay real mortgages. We got to think about uh, the coffee shop owner and and, and their commercial products. So we got to think about all of them too. Those people count too. In our last episode, uh, Wheeler came up with some, some interesting stats just for Collin County alone, one of the 254 counties just north of Dallas here. And Collin County alone, they had 83% of their property parcels up there that actually increased in value. And we all know if it increases in value, then the property taxes are going to go up. I'd like to see history repeat itself. Uh, like both of you guys are saying, but but what is the breaking point if you can't be the only person in Austin carrying this flag? What what's the breaking point going to be if you have constituents coming to you saying they they've had these massive well, increases? The breaking point is going to be some campaigns, elections, okay? But maybe we don't have to get to that, okay? Because we've been talking about this for 25, 30 years. Yeah. One dog doggone thing has happened. And I think the breaking point is now. Let me tell you someone else who I believe I think has a very good plan. And uh, that's Chairman Andrew Murr, M-U-R-R. Uh, he has a great plan. Um, again, in my district, I think the school property tax is about two thirds of the, of, the, of, the, of the bill, okay? Wow. And, and so his plan is, you just gotta draw the line somewhere. He says, by 2023 or 2025, I can't remember which which year it is, 
we will no longer assess a uh, Avalorum tax for the maintenance and operation, the MO part of your school tax. Hmm. And so that will give the legislature two to four years to figure it out. But the argument that you guys will get, the answer is, the argument is, well, why don't we have the answer first? Well, you know, here's my, here's my response to this. When you get these, when you get these high appraisal notices and then you get your tax notice, do you have it figured out on how you gonna pay for it? Hmm. <laughs> okay. That's true. That is so the true. fact is that we gotta have it all figured out. I think, you know, you get the tax notice and you start figuring it out. Maybe that's what we need to start doing up here. We're gonna say at this certain time, we're not doing it anymore. And, and, and that'll get people in this building to the table to figure it out. So I know that you've been rattling a lot of cages there in Austin. Have you been told privately by fellow Republicans, by Democrats on the other side of the aisle, yeah, I'm, I, I wanna get into this with you. I wanna maybe get into oh, this fight I, so I that think, we can do I something. Think people do. I think people do. And you know, it's the fo- sort of like the fog of war. Um, you know, whose ox gets gored? You know, you've heard all of those uh, euphemisms. And if we change, what will happen? You know, you kind of know what happens now. You know, everybody gets slammed for the next three or four months in this property tax thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and people need to know that this is a state property tax code, okay? We say it's not a state property tax, but it's definitely a state property tax code that's driving it. And our local people, our county judges, our county commissioners, our ESD folks, our school board members, they're just trying to do the best they can with this state property tax code. Ultimately, the answer here is in Austin. And ultimately, the answer needs to be really quick here in Austin. Here's here's the last question I have for you, Mr. Chairman. Could Texas raise as much money in a consumption tax that it currently gets in a, in a uh, uh, property tax? They, they could uh, substitute the property tax? Yeah, or, or I mean, I think you're talking about at least substituting part of it. Yes. Um, could the consumption tax fill in that hole? Yes, I, I think it can. Absolutely. Um, you know, and back in 2017, I filed, I think it was a one cent, okay, in a special session in 2017, yeah. that crazy special session we had. And I, and I, and I filed a, a bill and, and, it, and it got a hearing in front of ways and names, okay? And over a biennium, it was estimated to raise $5 billion, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is about, at that time was about 25, 30% of what we collect for property taxes mm-hmm. for school, school property taxes. Wow. So, so the idea is you want to get that, you want to buy down that maintenance and operation tax rate, right? Because the INS is what the voters have approved, the interest mm-hmm. in sinking. Yeah. That's what they have approved. Okay, so you, the, the voters have bought that, right? So it's, it's that maintenance and operation, which is a large part of, 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 your, of your property tax. And we want to get that down. And, and I believe... A, 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 con, a consumption tax, and we may have to look at broadening it some hmm. to some other services and goods that may not have been uh, subject to the sales tax before. 
Well, but, but just to be clear here, so that you don't, you know, accidentally create a Frankenstein, uh, you're wanting to do this sort of slowly, like rolling it out, like, you know, dipping a toe in and then maybe a leg before, you know, doing the whole full cannonball. And, and that's why I like uh, uh, Representative Burr's bill, because he has a definite time in the future where, at least for the maintenance and operation, it ends, the ad valorem, okay? And, and, and then if we have to do it over two years or four years, we'll, you know, we'll figure that out. And that's what has happened in the past, uh, Jason. Well, Ch- Chairman, if you don't hear from, uh, from the governor, lieutenant governor, I'll have Wheeler call down there and uh, rattle some cages as well. I, I think it's fascinating. And, and the fact that this has been talked about for so many years, th- there's got to be an answer out there to, to, to help these homeowners uh, because mm-hmm. like you said at the beginning of the podcast here, we're not using our land like it was used hundreds yeah. of years ago or thousands of years ago to actually create revenue off of. And mm-hmm. I'm not selling my house anytime soon. So I, I, I don't care about, uh, you know, the, the, the crazy appraisals. But mm-hmm. as always, man, I, I appreciate you taking our call and, uh, and speaking with us. Thank you. All right, so Wheeler. Wheeler, I want you to take us up on this, man. If he doesn't get any traction on this bill, mm-hmm. call down to the governor's office, man. Rattle some cases. I will. Stir him up a little I, bit. I'll we, call him. We need some action on this. And I'm sure that they'll answer immediately. You know, it's a, the, the bat phone in the back. Uh, that's the number I have. Um, you the know, I, I do wonder, you know, when you talk about calling, though, and I, and I always talk about this when we deal with, you know, state government, federal, local. Uh, it does matter. We, I mean, we've talked to people, Jason, here on this uh, on, on this podcast uh, who are representatives who say it does work when we hear from people. Like when we hear from a lot of constituents, uh, it changes how we think. It changes how we proceed, like when we realize how important it is to people. And we know that uh, property taxes, property appraisals, we know those are important to people because we've seen uh, the outpouring uh, when when we cover different things and we give you different hacks on maybe how to you know protest these things. Uh, so this is I, I don't know this this particular bill. I mean, let's be real; it's probably not going to go terribly far. They may surprise me. Uh, but I don't think it's going to go terribly far. This sort of thing's been proposed several times now, and it, it doesn't get very far. But does it start the conversation in, in Austin again where you know lawmakers realize people are at a breaking point with these property taxes? We've got to do something to fix this. Maybe does it start to create more of a you know sort of a compromise, some kind of a solution uh, to, to start limiting that or even rolling back how much people are having to pay? It's unsustainable, and I get there are two very strong sides to this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second side, of course, being that the consumption tax, um, it is said by many economists and many others that it would directly impact uh, lower-income people a lot more because they spend a lot more of their money mm-hmm. uh, on consumable you know, products mm-hmm. and things that would directly be impacted by this. But at the end of the day, uh, they too are paying either rent or mortgages, and they're impacted that way too. Mm-hmm. Rent's going up, mortgages, uh, you know, if you escrow, it's going up. Uh, or if you have to pay out at the end of the year, that's going up. So that something has to be done. And, you know, w- when I came to Texas 21 years ago, it was this, you know, th- this great myth that Texas is this, you know, tax-free state almost. No. You know, just it's kind of the Wild West as far as taxes go. Come on down. I love it. 
I love Texas, but this is, is I don't want to say a lie, but man, get over it. The, yeah. Texas is one of the highest property taxes in the country. It is. And I know we don't have income tax. I don't want an income tax. I mean, nobody wants to pay taxes. I get that, but it's the price of admission for living somewhere. Right. I get that I have to pay something. We've got to figure out a better way to do this, though. Yeah, it almost, it, it, you just feel penalized year after year. And, and, you know, it is a myth that Texas is this, quote unquote, low tax state, because when you really get down to it, uh, you're dealing with, in a lot of cases, you know, possibly a, you know, a, a really high, I'm not going to call it a double digit, a really high tax increase year after year after year because your property keeps going up a certain percentage, which has been a very healthy percentage recently. And then on top of that, your tax rate either stays the same or it may go up a little bit too. And you add up all of that going up and every year you're getting a pretty substantial tax increase every single year. Yeah. Every year. Is this the answer? I don't know. I mean, you know, there's got to be some answer out there. And the fact that that this could create a conversation, like you said, is what I think is important. It is surprising to me, though, that that uh, Chairman White hasn't had any more takers on this bill. He has, I think, three or four co-sponsors when I looked it up. Um, but it's still sitting in committee. And by this point in the legislative session, we, we have a month left. Yeah. The legislature is over with May 31st at midnight. Um, every other year. So if it's still in committee at this point, it's going to stay in committee and yeah. die in committee. Well, something that so that's, made my ears perk up just a little bit was that he, well, first of all, he's jockeying right now. You know, he's he's whispering in the ears of the people who, you know, pull the levers of power in Austin uh, and saying, hey, we need to do this. We need to get this thing moving. But what made my ears perk up was that he specifically talked about this being handled in a special session. So his end game here is not to get this done by that final gavel. His end game is to get this into a special session. So, and, you know, again, you know, your odds are a little bit long there of being able to have that taken up, you know, in a, in a shorter session. But we'll see. A, a little bit long? Yeah, a little, a little bit long. Bit long. I mean, <laughs> again, it depends, too, on how many people they hear from, you know, and, and yeah. how big of a deal is this to you? I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, you know, it, it's way long. I, you know, the governor, I believe the governor's one has to, uh, to sort out or tell the legislature what to come back for, for a special session. And we right. know the legislature is coming back for redistricting later this year to, uh, draw new lines and we get two new congressional seats, which is the other big news. We're going to be talking about that, that a lot out. soon too. Yeah, and and where those are going because uh, you know we, they were expecting three, mm-hmm. but we only got two in the end. Um, so who fights over those? Mm-hmm. Is it Houston fighting Dallas? Austin fighting San Antonio? Dallas fighting San Antonio? I mean, there, there's a lot of growth all over this state, so everyone's going to be fighting to uh, to get the additional representation there. And how are they going to draw but that? How are they going to draw those exactly, two districts? It in? will be. It will be cut up, man. Uh-huh. You you can guarantee that it, it'll uh, it'll be sliced to pieces. Uh, but, you know, hey, at the end of the day, I think this is a great topic. It does start a conversation. I'd love to hear what you think about this. If, if you think that I'm, I'm completely off base about this, um, let me know. You can uh, you can tweet me at Jason Whiteley or you can tweet uh, Wheeler at Jason Wheeler TV or you can just use the hashtag hashtag hair and you can also get him <laughs> as well. So either of the three ways, uh, please let us know. Uh, and, and, you know, I think you're off base about most everything, but I, I you know, maybe with this one, you're, I think you, you might be right on. Uh, yeah. Let us know what you think. And again, thanks to everybody who took the survey. Really appreciate the feedback. Jason needs to hear, you know, the things that he needs to work on. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and I mean whitely when I say Jason. Uh, yeah, clearly beer choices. I mean, clearly geez, it's I time, step it up, time to step up that game. Uh, but you can't talk about it anymore because that one person who said that, you know, is going to get upset. Enough. Uh, Enough. So uh, thanks for listening this week. Uh, we will uh, see you again next week unless something pops in the middle of that and we do a special one. We know that some people have asked for more episodes. So we're going to see if we can get whitely to work a little harder. Me. Me of all people, I'm, I'm on the call, I'm on the calls way earlier than you. But you know what uh, we're wait, do who also? was on here earlier today? Who who was on yeah, here for I, 15 minutes waiting on you while you were showering? Was it? I, it was a spa day for me. I had to get my fingernails done. Well, I didn't shower um, this morning, so that's why. And your hair still looks that good. Still wow. looks that good. Uh, you know what? You know what we need to do also before we let our, our listeners go. We need to figure out. I think we're really close to convincing our bosses to let us go. Uh, you know, back out into the wild. Yeah. Uh, to a patio somewhere to start recording these. And just before the pandemic started, we were over near the medical center in Dallas near Parkland Hospital. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the time I spilled a whole pint all over. I remember how could we forget off at me. Yeah. But then we had those uh, those three uh, listeners rolled in. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember this. Yes. And I think they had been somewhere else and already had a pint. Oh, or two or three or six. Uh-huh. And they just, yeah, they, they, they stole the show from us. And our, our poor guest, I mean... You know, it was interesting, was though. I think our guest happens. was entertained. He was. I was entertained, but I'm looking forward to that again is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing that again. And, and maybe we drop some uh, the, the locations of where we're going to be. Yeah. So, uh, or, you know, or, send, or, or let you us know. know if you know of a good location. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be like silent, but, you know, quiet enough to be able to talk and be heard. But, you know, interesting, too. And a good beer yeah, selection exactly. so that Jason can, you know, figure something out here. Thanks as always. All right, guys. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.